What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, there are 50 wards in Chicago, and after the municipal election, at least 11 of those wards will have new representation, either because of retirement, resignation, or the new ward map. Today, the CityCast team is breaking down some critical races from across the city. It's Tuesday, February 7th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. I'm sitting here with lead producer Carrie Shepard and producer Simone Alisea. What's up, my friends? Hi. Good morning. Hey. Uh, it is important that uh, we continue to have conversations about our municipal election and not just focus on the mayor's race, uh, but the 50 city council seats uh, that make up a large part of of. Chicago's governmental system. Uh, Simone, we're going to start with you up on the north side. You live in Uptown and you've got a few wards you want to talk about. Uh, Can you break down what those wards are? Yeah, the first one I want to talk about is the 45th Ward on the far northwest side, sort of Jefferson Portage Parks. Longtime listeners of City Cash Chicago will definitely recognize why we're talking about this. We've covered this on the show. It's a spicy ward over there. Yeah. It's a spicy ward. A lot going on. Uh, Incumbent Jim Gardner is running for a second term, but he himself is the controversy here. He's facing uh, a couple ethics probes, a lawsuit, even um, sort of a federal probe into a range of allegations from harassment and intimidation to to bribery even. Uh, He hasn't been charged with anything, but obviously this leaves him really, really vulnerable to challenges. Um, It's also a a changing ward. Um, We have this younger, more diverse population that's kind of been coming in uh, to this ward that has been kind of more traditionally white, a little more old school. There's a he's he's facing five different challengers uh, for for this seat on the northwest side. This is a war in which, you know, the incumbent who usually has a sort of strong position is is facing these critical challenges a lot because of their own behavior in a changing war. Um, and, and so, you know, Jim Gardner, what is the his team and his support saying going into this election? Are they, they still confident that they're going to be able to pull this out? Uh, I mean, they're certainly defending his record on the on the issues um, as much as possible. Uh, You know what he's actually done in city council. It's also worth noting, too, that Gardner unseated an incumbent in 2019 when he ran. And we'll just kind of have to see if if he can, you know, he can get some of that back and, and, Mm -hmm. and win some of that back. Yeah. A lot of critical issues taking place in this war. You know, what does the future of transit oriented development look like, especially with Jefferson Park being such a, a transit hub? You know, how are we talking about business redevelopment? We talk about six corners. Uh, so we're definitely going to continue to follow all of the stories coming out of the 45th. Uh, Simone, what's the second war uh, that you want to talk about? 
So I want to bring us up uh, a little farther north, a little east, uh, into West Ridge to the 50th Ward. Incumbent Alderwoman Deborah Silverstein is running for a fourth term there, and she's being challenged by Mouiz Bawani, who is a CPS teacher. He's originally from Pakistan, and he is backed by the CTU. Very recently, the Chicago Tribune reported he's come under fire for some tweets that he wrote in 2019 uh, using expletives against Israel. That Twitter account had been deleted, uh, but the Trib got copies of this, these tweets. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is a really big deal in this ward. West Ridge, uh, traditionally home to, to a large Jewish population. Silverstein herself is Jewish, came out condemning these old tweets. Uh, Bowani, for his part, he apologized when the Tribune contacted him uh, when they were reporting the story um, and has apologized in in Facebook statements and at a forum shortly afterward, you know, kind of saying he regrets ever using this kind of language and he understands why this kind of thing can can hurt the Jewish community. You know, it's an interesting ward. It's also home to a large Southeast Asian population um, and Bowani's residents. Uh, he he entered the race like while the redistricting was happening, um, so really early on, and his residence was actually drawn out of the ward. He's still allowed to run because the way the rules work uh, during like redistricting years is that if you were living in the old boundary, you can still run. This was already kind of contentious. Um, in terms of what does this ward look like? Who does it represent? And I think the addition of these tweets has just added um, a lot more fuel, a lot more fire onto that contention. It's important to note, you know, Silverstein as an individual who's been in city council since 2011, uh, is seen as is maybe a, more of a conservative alder person on the council. Uh, and Bawani has gotten some endorsements from CTU, progressive alders like Rosanna Rodriguez, Jeanette Taylor. Simone, what's the last uh, ward you want to talk about? Uh, and, and this one seems to hit a, a little close to home for you. Yeah, this is this is affects me directly in my in my place of residence in my ward. Um, I, I kind of just want to draw some attention to what's going on on the lakefront over here. So basically from Edgewater to Lincoln Park, all of those wards are going to see new faces or relatively new faces in city council. In the 48th, which is where I live, uh, longtime Alderman Harry Osterman is retiring, uh, 10 candidates running to, to replace him. You know, you get into uptown parts of Lakeview in the 46th. Um, James Kappelman also retiring after three terms. Uh, we've got six candidates running for that seat. In the 44th, uh, longtime Alderman Tom Tunney uh, is retiring. And um, there's actually only one candidate, Bennett Lawson, who's running unopposed there, but still going to be a new face in Lakeview. And then uh, you get down to Lincoln Park and in the 43rd, Timmy Knudsen was actually just appointed by Lightfoot in September. Um, so already a new face. Plus, he's got five challengers um, who who are vying to unseat him. Um, so it's just kind of an interesting trend phenomenon to look at here because as I understand, you know, those the, these lakefront wards were really critical in in electing Lightfoot in 2019. Uh, so far, you know, Tom Tunney, who, again, as I mentioned, is retiring, has endorsed Paul Vallis. Uh, Knudsen, you know, has declined to endorse Lightfoot, even though she appointed him. Um, so it will be interesting to see if, if you know, it will be interesting to kind of take a comparison in terms of how these different aldermanic races shake out and kind of how these wards end up going in the mayoral election as well. As someone who, you know, is... You know, back in Chicago going on, you know, been here for two years now again. What is it like to look 
at your ward and see six candidates, none of them being the incumbent. So you're having to learn all of these maybe newer platforms. Do, do you feel stressed about that? How does it compare to maybe the last election cycle for you? Uh, I feel really stressed about it. And so it actually in my ward, there are 10 candidates running. And I saw that and I immediately was like, uh, I have to do a lot more research than I've been doing. <laughs> I am not prepared <laughs> to fill out my ballot. Um, and it's it's so hard to what do I want my relationship to be like with my alderman in my ward? Um, and that's something I haven't even quite figured out for myself yet. Yeah, you want your alderman to have power yeah. is the other thing. Yeah. Like you want them to be accessible and approachable, but the reality is you also need them to have power to get stuff done. But, you know, you're going to interact with an alderman, your alder much more than you probably will the mayor. So it's important not to forget about these races as well. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patients' smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. Carrie, you are a resident on in Ukrainian Village, and so you're going to be covering some wards on the west side of the city. Uh, where do you want to start? Um, I will start with the 26th Ward because Roberto Maldonado is retiring there. So that is one of those races you referenced at the top that will for sure have a new alder. Uh, the three candidates, Jesse Fuentes, Angie Gonzalez-Rodriguez, Julian Jumpin Perez. Yes, Julian Jumpin Perez. Actually, the, he includes the nickname. He set up a campaign office actually on Augusta and Campbell in this, you know, this open storefront like months ago. And it was just like the windows are just pictures of Julian Jumpin Perez. And for people, people may know uh, Julian Perez is a well-known commercial DJ. He was on B96 for a long time in the 90s. Um, so he's kind of riding, riding his popularity on that a little bit. Jesse Fuentes is a youth advocate, works at the uh, Puerto Rican Cultural Center Block Club reported that, you know, she says she wants to be the first queer Latino to represent the ward. She grew up in the area. She grew up in Humboldt Park. And as we've talked about many times on the podcast, people who've grown up in in Humboldt Park have seen the change. The big change of the area is development from Wicker Park, Logan Square, continues to push people out of Humboldt Park, pushes them a little bit further west, maybe to Hermosa, maybe a little northwest to Belmont Cragen. Um, so that's a big thing that all the candidates are talking about. And then Angie Gonzalez Rodriguez is, she ran in 2019 and lost to Maldonado. Again, 
talks a lot about gentrification and the need to give that more attention. Yeah. Jesse Fuentes is is really a strong candidate right now in this race, having secured some major endorsements from everything from the Teamsters to United Working Families to, you know, alders like Rosanna Rodriguez to even the new congressperson Delia Ramirez. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so that's going to be an interesting race in a in an ever-changing committee. Uh, For sure. Where you want to move us next on the city council, what happens next map? Okay, so then we'll go to the first ward. So this is Wicker Park, Bucktown, parts of Logan Square, which actually we're having a similar identity crisis to what Humboldt has been going through in recent years. Just like 20 years I've been here, you know, Wicker Park has been pretty, and Bucktown have been pretty gentrified, but that was not always the case. There is a ton of development there now. So Daniel Espada is the current alder, and he was elected in 2019. He unseated Proco Joe Moreno, and actually Moreno is jumping back in the race. Moreno, people may remember, he got in some legal trouble. He got a couple DUIs. He was in the papers a bit because he accused a girlfriend of stealing his car. It turned out he had lent her the car. Um, and I have to say, I saw a lot of uh, I saw a lot of Moreno. Uh, posters in the neighborhood this weekend when I was like in that area running some errands. Um, La Spada is part of the Democratic Socialist Progressive folks that you've already, some of whom you've already referenced, Rosanna Rodriguez. He's part of that contingent. The other thing that is, you know, kind of, you know, causing some waves there is that his campaign office has been vandalized just recently, just last week, I believe. He was doing some sort of campaign event and somebody threw like a cup at him while he was riding his bike. So it all seems very dirty politics. Uh, And then we shouldn't forget the third candidate is Sam Royko, um, son of the legendary newspaper columnist uh, Mike Royko. He's a lawyer. He's been talking a lot about crime. He wants more police, but also wants more mental health services, he says. And then your final war really hits at sort of what the remapping process every 10 years can, can do to the city. Because the 34th ward used to be on the far south side and is no longer there. Where is it now? Totally. So the 34th ward is now sort of Greektown, West Loop, just west of the river. Um, even kind of extends a little bit bordering uh, coming up against Little Italy, which you know, as we know, this is an area that is rich with development. Okay. Like, you know, this is an area that has transformed and changed so much. Anyone, everybody knows now at this point, the West Loop is like the entertainment district, but it's also where in the Fulton Fulton Market District, where a lot more companies are headquartering, quote unquote, Restaurant Row for a few years has been on Randolph in that area. So there's a ton of development over there. The other big point, as you note, with the redraw, This was Carrie Austin's ward, and she was a very powerful alderman who has retired. She's facing indictment, but says she's retiring, citing um, medical concerns. The two candidates here, Jim Ascot, Bill Conway. Ascot is a real estate developer. Uh, Bill Conway, an attorney. You may know, people may know their names. They've both run for various offices before. Um, Both talk about the houselessness uh, issue in the area and that the need to reopen more the mental health clinics that closed under um, Rahm Emanuel when he was mayor. 
but also just like there's a lot of money in this race, which probably doesn't surprise you considering it's a development rich area. So you're going to have developers who are really going to want that alderman on their side for zoning purposes, et cetera. So this is uh, there's been a lot of money that they've been yeah. both. Bill Conway is also the son of uh, a billionaire. His father, uh, William Conway Jr., is worth $3.2 billion. Worth noting. But in a race of, of two people, like you said, where there's plenty of money, Ascot seems to be focusing more like that, like we talked earlier, accessibility, award services being available, uh, bringing more development to the neighborhood. Uh, so, yeah, interesting to, uh, to see where that goes. Jacoby, uh, you want to tell us about some some wards and races that we should be watching uh, on the South Side? Yes, the fifth ward, uh, where Leslie Hairston, who was the alder person for 24 years, is retiring. Uh, this ward is parts of High Park, South Shore, Greater Grand Crossing. Uh, and right now, it's really a site for the sort of the fight for the future of housing. The Obama Center, the huge uh, conversation point because residents of particularly Woodlawn and South Shore, uh, close to Jackson Park, have tried to fight to get, you know, a community benefits agreement in place that would say as the Obama Center is development, developing, it takes into account, uh, you know, lowering displacement. We talk about those business corridors along 71st Street, 75th Street, 79th Street, uh, and community members want to see those revitalized. And there are 11 candidates running in this ward. Um, also, on Monday, I saw that they officially broke ground on the huge, uh, the huge Regal Mile Studios, which is supposed to be uh, a brand new film studio on the South Side. And so the amount of development that's coming into the neighborhood, uh, one of these candidates is going to be responsible. So I'm, I'm very much invested in the conversation of South Shore. I lived there for three years. Uh, I shopped in the neighborhood. I got my groceries in the neighborhood. And already we're seeing a rise in rent. We're seeing developers come in and snatch up. I think South Shore had amongst the highest private uh, developers buying homes um, over the last few years um, next to Inglewood. And so uh, this is a neighborhood that we want to see protected uh, and we want to see remain a, a place for the residents who live there. For sure. For sure. Why don't you take us a, a little further south uh, to the to the ninth ward? What's what's happening down there? Parts of the Ninth Ward on the far south side include Roseland, Pullman, Washington Heights, uh, and the incumbent there is Anthony Beal. Uh, he's running against two candidates, Cleopatra Draper, uh, who ran in 2019, and Cameron Barnes, who's worked with Jesse Jackson's uh, Rainbow Push organization. This is an interesting race because we continue to talk about you know communities that have been disinvested in for so long. And the far south side has sort of been an emblem of disinvestment uh, even when you think about just access to the neighborhood, transportation just starts to drop off when you get to the far south side. The business corridors have long been neglected. And, you know, Anthony Bill has been there and is running on a platform of, well, look how much money we've brought through Invest Southwest. We've got the Pullman National Monument officially designated as a national landmark. You know, he's touting new businesses and there are more businesses on the far south side, uh, but people still feel disenfranchised. I hope that the next city council continues to to up its development and its investment uh, on the far south side. Right next door on the southeast side, a uh, really, really big, geographically large ward. Um, what is happening in the 10th? 
Yeah. I think in terms of just pure land, the 10th Ward might be the largest ward. One of the cool things about the 10th Ward is Simone and I were just down there. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Meeting with. Uh, going to hear that later this week. <laughs> yeah. At Big Marsh Park. And one of the, the things I found, you know, most heartening about all of our conversations around the 10th Ward is just how amazingly enthusiastic people who live in the 10th Ward are about their neighborhood because people don't even realize that the city goes down to 138th and Baltimore Avenue, right? The conversation around the far south side is is don't go there. The conversation around the far southeast side is what it, what the hell is that? Right. You mean Indiana is what they say. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so people who live in South Deering, people who live in Hegwish, people who live in Eastside have had um, Susan Garza as their alder person. And she's one of the alder people who have decided to step down. Right. And and for a while was seen as a progressive candidate when they were running in their early tenure. But as environmental justice concerns sort of picked up in the neighborhood, you know, I won't say that change full sail, but Garza then starts have to, having to think about, well, I need to bring more jobs to this community. So when General Iron becomes Southside Recycling and wants to move a huge, you know, metal scrapper to the neighborhood, Garza is thinking, well, will this bring more jobs to a community in which industry and manufacturing has just been leaving for 40 and 50 years? But then you have people on the ground. And then a candidate who's running in this ward, Oscar Sanchez, people who led hunger strikes to make sure that these manufacturing behemoths weren't moved into the neighborhood. That speaks so much to the changing of that of that ward. Susan Sedlowski Garza is actually the daughter of a powerful steel union guy. Mm -hmm. And that is really, she was a labor, she came in off that labor support. You think about the early 1900s when you think when industry and manufacturing was picking up and booming on the southeast side, you saw a, a very strong white ethnic population. But then in the 1920s, Mexican immigrants started arriving, wanting jobs in the in the steel mills. And by the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, it's a largely Latino population. But then you see uh, the the industry just leave the neighborhood. Uh, and when you're taking the money out of a neighborhood while already having pumped so much pollution into the neighborhood, the imbalance just starts to take hold uh, so swift and so quickly because then developers are slow to come to the neighborhood, right? It's hard to get new homes built into the neighborhood. It's hard to sustain business in the neighborhood when there's no money. Uh, there, there are five candidates. And so you've seen many of the candidates focusing in on uh, trying to increase the business corridors on the southeast side, trying to bring more development, trying to bring uh, equitable jobs to the neighborhood. Um, and and then you have, again, you have these strong environmental justice voices like Sanchez. But again, it, it really sits and is the story of Chicago, right? How do we be, rebuild neighborhoods in a way that is equitable, that is just, um, but also doesn't feel like it's gonna take generations and generations to do as people have already been living with decades and decades of trauma. You know, 50 wards and we were able to talk about at least nine today, which really shows how difficult it is to cover this. I wanna give a huge thank you to lead producer Carrie Shepard, producer Simone Alisea. For the last couple of Tuesdays and for the next few ahead, we're gonna continue to be breaking down uh, the municipal election here in our beautiful city. So I'm glad that we've been able to come together to, to shine a little bit of light on, on how this impacts us, but also our listeners. Thanks, Jacoby. Thanks. 
Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Chicagoans who didn't get a COVID-19 stimulus can apply for a one-time $500 cash payment. Now, this round of funds is geared towards adult caretakers, domestic workers, and people who are undocumented. While the Grammys failed to show Chicago any love in the 50th anniversary celebration of hip-hop, legendary artist, poet, and Southside native Jay Ivey took home the first-ever Grammy for Spoken Word Poetry album. This is your last week to see the ripple, the wave that carried me home at the Goodman. I saw it a couple weeks ago, and it's a great piece of art, y'all, about a family's efforts over generations to bring public swimming to black folks in Kansas. It also stars Ronald Connor, who you may remember playing Bluto in Southside. And some good news to get you through. Today's news comes from Haley. This is Haley from Roscoe Village. Um, my partner and I just stayed at an Airbnb in Avondale, at, which is also the museum, the Insect Asylum. And they are up in areas with bugs and taxidermy. And it's a really incredible space that's inclusive and uh, curious. And they have classes to learn about taxidermy and everything's ethically sourced. Um, so those are two things that are bringing me joy. Um, and have a great day. Remember, we want to hear your good news, but also your best and worst dating stories. Leave us a voicemail at 773-780-0246. As always, we appreciate you for listening. Tomorrow, we're going to be sitting down with our friends from the new podcast, Shoes Off a Sexy Asians Podcast. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace.